Our first reading is from Luke, the second chapter. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And when and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And when they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Our second reading continues from the second chapter of Luke, starting at the eighth verse. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Our third reading is also from the second chapter of Luke, starting at the 15th verse. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at the shepherds, at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. Before television and the internet took over our lives, there was radio. Anybody remember radio? <laughs> we used to listen to the radio. My mom and dad had a big radio in the living room. And we would sit and listen to the radio. And the radio would give us the words. We had to make the pictures up here ourselves. One of the more famous people on the radio and newscaster, his name was Gabriel Heater. Anybody remember Gabriel Heater? I see a hand or two. And Gabriel Heater would begin every newscast with these words. There's good news tonight. Whether there was good news or not, he was always saying that. There's good news tonight. And we believed Gabriel Heater. Because Gabriel Heater was a newsman. He told the news most of the stuff you get today is commentary. But Gabriel Heater, when he said something, you believed him because you knew that Gabriel Heater would not lie. We trusted him. He said, there's good news tonight. Now, this never happened, but I can imagine it happened. If, if Gabriel Heater said that there's a spaceship over your town... We'd have gone out and looked because we believe Gabriel Heater. Um, if uh, Gabriel Heater said that every bank in the country was giving out $20 bills, we'd go down and get ours. If Gabriel Heater said that there was a, some kind of an epidemic, some kind of a sickness, and you had to go and get a shot, we'd go and get a shot. 
because Gabriel Heater said it. And we trusted Gabriel Heater. And he didn't lie. And he began every newscast with the words, There's good news tonight. Well, the angel who appeared to the shepherds that first Christmas night was like Gabriel Heater. He came with the words, There's good news tonight. And here it is. I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who was the Messiah, who was Christ the Lord. That's what he said. Was that true? Yes, because angels don't lie. The angel said it. So that's true. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Who is Christ the Lord? And the shepherds, they didn't say, well, let's go and see if this is right. The shepherds said, let's go and see it. Because they believed the, you'd believe an angel, wouldn't you? They believed the angel, they heard the message, it touched their hearts, and they went to see. And what did they see? A baby. There was good news tonight. Have you seen my sermon title for this evening, by the way? We put it there just to give you a clue as to what's going on. The sermon title is, If It's True, What Does It Mean? If it's true, what does it mean? And the it is the whole Christian message, the birth of Jesus, his life, his teaching, his death, his resurrection. That's the it. If it's true, what does it mean? For me, it's true. I've spent the last 50 years of my life seeking to convince people that the Christian message is true. Was the baby born in the manger, was that really the Son of God? Yes, that's who it was. I don't understand how that works. But that's true. That's who the baby was. When he died on the cross, did he really die for the sins of the world? Of course he did. That's true. Was he raised from the dead, never to die again? Of course he was. That's the truth. Did he send the Holy Spirit to his church to keep us in faith, to give us faith? Of course he did. You see, for me it's true, and for most of you it's true. We believe the good news that was announced on Christmas Eve, that first Christmas Eve. But a lot of folks don't. A lot of folks don't don't believe it. They hear it, but they don't believe it. They hear good news, but they don't believe it. So if Gabriel Heater said, there's a spaceship outside, they wouldn't go and look. And they wouldn't go and get their $20, and they wouldn't get their shots either. Because some folks just, just don't believe. For other people, the Christian message is impossible. It can't be that the Son of God is born in a manger. There can't even be a God. And some folks just don't believe because they know deep in their hearts 
that if they believe, it will change them. And they're not interested in being changed, so they turn their backs on the truth. For five years, my wife and I lived in Salzburg, Austria, 2001 to 2006. We served an English-language church there in Salzburg, wonderful ministry. In 2001, a survey was done in Austria about the religious beliefs of Austrians. And the results, I think, apply to Europe as well as to, as well as to Austria. And one of the things that the survey found out was that 91% of the people in Austria believed that out there somewhere was a power higher than themselves. 91%. But the same survey showed that 60% did not believe in a personal God. You have to think about that. 60% did not believe in a personal God. That meant that only about 40% believed in a personal God. That is God who cares about you. If you don't believe in a personal God, you can't understand Christmas. Because Christmas, Christ is the love gift from the Creator who loves you very much. If you don't believe in a personal God, you can't be a Christian. So in supposedly Christian Austria and Christian Europe, all the folks who don't believe in a personal God, it's impossible for them to be Christians because God doesn't care about you. So what does that mean? It means that in Austria and in Europe, 60% of the people have missed the boat. 60% have turned their backs on the fundamental truth that the angel spoke and the angel doesn't lie and he said to you is born a savior. And 60% of the people, I think in Europe and a growing number in America, don't believe it. Now, back to the sermon title. If it's true, if it's true, what does it mean? In the first place, it means that there is a God who loves you, that God is personal. It means that everything that is has a creator. Stephen Hawking, you know, the physicist says he can, he can account for everything with some equations he's got down on the back of an envelope somewhere. Now, he's welcome to do that, but I think he's wrong. I love to say that in this, this whole creation, billions and billions of galaxies and billions and billions of, of stars and planets, and as far as we know, we are the only intelligent life in the universe. At least I think we're intelligent. (laughs) 
think about it. In the whole universe, as far as we know, we're it. Out there is nothing but dust and rocks and energy and matter and dark matter and dark energy and stuff I can begin to understand. And only here is life. And as far as we know, this is the only place in all the universe where there is this kind of life. And God has a love affair with this planet. This little, this little blue marble going around the sun. God has a love affair with it. And our Heavenly Father knows that there is a separation between himself and the people on this planet because of sin. And he wanted to do something about it. And he sent his son. He sent his personal representative to reconcile himself and us. That's what it means. It means that God has a love affair with this planet and God loves you. What else does it mean? It means this. We learn something about ourselves. Because in the sending of Jesus Christ, God said, you need help. You folks, you you intelligent people, at least I think you're intelligent, you need help. I'm sending you help. How many of you like to ask for help? We had two ladies over here at the first service who like to ask for help. Most people don't like to ask for help. I don't ask for help until I break it. (laughs) Then I ask for help. You know, we're not going to ask for help. We want to do it ourselves. We want to save ourselves. And God said, in the sending of Jesus Christ, God has said to the human family, you can't do it. You can't make peace with me. You can't do it on your own. You need help. I'm sending my son. He'll die for your sins and you have to believe in him. And I've got a place for you in the house of many mansions. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, lots of people believe they can do it themselves. Salvation is not a do-it-yourself kit. It isn't. If you think it is, I got an exercise for you. Here's what you do. You bend down and you grab your own ankles and you lift. And how high up off the ground do you think you'll go? Anybody want to try it? See, I don't care how strong you are. You can't do that. That's not a self-help deal. You need help. And the creator of the universe said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to send a helper for you to lift you up. To lift you up out of the mire and the muck and mire of sin and make you my own. That's what what it means. It's true. That's what it means. It's a wonderful message. Of course, we know in the last several hundred years that message has been, been covered over with all kinds of all kinds of cultural stuff. And I like the cultural stuff. Nothing wrong with the cultural stuff. But it gets in the way of the message. I think about a guy once. A guy liked hot dogs. Anybody like hot dogs? All he liked was the hot dogs. He just ate hot dogs. And one day he decided, he found a bun. 
He put the hot dog on a bun. Wow. And then he discovered mustard. And ketchup. And pickles. And relish. And before you know it, the stuff was running all over the place, and, and he couldn't get it in his mouth, and he couldn't hold it all together. What should he do? He threw away the hot dog. <laughs> That's what we've done with Christmas. You know, they talk about throwing out the baby with the bathwater. What we do, we keep the bathwater and throw the baby away. Now, I love the cultural stuff. But that's not what it's about. What it's fundamentally about is that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Because God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world might be saved Through him. And that's what it's all about. And it's true. It's true, it's true, it's true. I spent 50 years trying to convince people that it's true. And once you understand that it's true, it changes how you see Christmas. It changes how you understand Christmas. It changes how you understand yourself. It changes you. As Gabriel Hedra said, there is good news tonight. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. And that's true. Merry Christmas.